The legends are true. Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. This week, we are going to talk about the year that was in sports in 2022. We, of course, are going to talk about what happened to DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills and what it says about not just the National Football League, but about football itself. And then we're going to talk some football. Yes, this is a mess of contradictions. Uh, with my son, Jacob Zirin, for the segment that we call Jake's Takes. Now, I know I haven't done a show in a hot minute uh, because of all kinds of madness, but we're going to get back on the schedule and do this right in the weeks ahead. So first, I want to say something about the year that was. Okay, look, there is a famous apocryphal quote about the onset of revolution. There are decades when nothing happens, and there are weeks when decades happen. Flip that quote on its head, and you can understand what the politics of sports has felt like since the summer of 2020. It's been less than three years, but it feels like decades. Or to paraphrase Oscar Wilde on prison, each day is a year, a year whose days are long. In 2020, the sports world was at the heart of the largest set of demonstrations in US history, following the police murder of George Floyd. Yet in 2022, as this country faced a seething and violent right wing, fear and silence ruled the day. It's not surprising. Athletes don't live in a hermetically sealed universe apart from the rest of the world. Instead, they reflect the trends in society, a confused populace in retreat 
and a right wing puking up the barbarism of decades past. But while the sports world is most certainly shaped by all of this, it is also a shaper. The past 12 months have been defined politically by a rise in fatal police shootings, the public ascension of fascism curious billionaire Elon Musk as arbiter of what constitutes free speech, Nazis good, critics bad, November elections that had anyone to the left of Heinrich Himmler or Carrie Lake holding their breath, and a relentless attack on transgender youth. And yet the new generation of athlete activists were little heard through this maelstrom of crisis. There were exceptions, of course. The minority of athletes who raised the name of Brittany Griner while she suffered in prison should never be forgotten, especially as her industry largely turned its back. Megan Rapinoe's defense of trans women in sports was vital, if not drowned out by the hate. And the minor league baseball players organizing their own union was bracing a reflection of the broader rumble by low-wage laborers from Starbucks to university workers to Amazon. But political courage was not the dominant trend. The year began with the Winter Olympics in China, which signaled that the politics of sports wouldn't be devoted to confronting racism or injustice, but instead to the finely honed art of sports washing. Sports washing as we've talked about a lot on this show, is when regimes use the thrill of organized sports to distract the populace and a compliant media while pushing through authoritarian economic reforms or a crackdown upon dissent to which people would otherwise object. Following China's Olympics, the big sports stories of the year included Saudi Arabia's multi-billion dollar investment in the Live Golf Tour as a rival to the Professional Golfers Association. Then there is Qatar, a country whose leaders shrugged off the deaths of countless numbers of migrant workers while gaining prestige from authoritarians and despots around the world for hosting the World Cup. Qatar has shown that even an unfathomable $220 billion investment is piddling compared to the reputational capital accrued from having the world's spotlight thrust upon you. As Los Angeles prepares to host the 2028 Olympics, we see the city's own authoritarian tendencies in how it's treating the unhoused population. In such an atmosphere, it should not surprise that athletes felt defensive, embattled, and unsure. After all, why should they be so different from the rest of us struggling to figure out how to agitate for change in a society in a perpetual state of agitation? Brittany Griner's hellish odyssey reveals much about where the sports world is politically and where it needs to go. Far from uniting with one voice, most of the sports media ignored her plight, and many athletes and the media followed suit. The disrespect and erasure she endured seemed all too familiar to the marginalized communities that saw themselves in Griner. It also reflected how women's sports are marginalized more generally. An NBA star's social media posting of an anti-Semitic video far outpaced coverage of Griner's incarceration. This only changed towards the last quarter of the year when Griner's wife, Sherelle, started speaking out and demanding that the Biden administration get Britney home. Much of the WNBA and NBA communities followed, and now she is home. Our success in this task, just in time for the holidays, stands as the highlight of a year and a reminder of how quickly change can emerge even in the most desperate hours. It is the only constant fact of political history, ebb and flow. In 2019, no one could have predicted what we would see in the summer of 2020. 
Similarly, however difficult today may be, there is always the possibility of deliverance around the corner. Remember that Brittany Griner chopped off her locks in a Russian penal colony because they were freezing in the cold and she was preparing for nine years of hard labor. Before the month was out, she was smiling like it was Christmas morning, back with Sherelle. In her first comments as a free person, she fought for those still imprisoned. We have to learn from Brittany Griner. We have to prepare for the long fight. We have to appreciate victory. And of course, we must, even when life is at its most grim, keep the faith. We'll be back right after a short message from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. We'll be back right after this, but first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important, and The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you gotta read. It's The Nation Magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe, and please never forget that when you support The Nation magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. And now I've got some words about Damar Hamlin. Okay, look, the Buffalo Bills' safety is breathing on his own, and football fans are breathing a sigh of relief. The broader public, hanging on the story of a player needing nine minutes of CPR on the field just to avoid death, are breathing a sigh of relief. The NFL offices on Park Avenue in New York, league officials are also breathing a sigh of relief, but perhaps not for the same reasons as everyone else. Commissioner Roger Goodell's NFL is an economic leviathan, by far the most popular sports league in the United States. This is measured in television ratings, social media interactions, betting, and in the murky, depersonalized world of fantasy sports. Yet for all its popularity as perhaps the last gasp of a uniting monocultural force in the United States, football also exists on a surprisingly rickety foundation. This is a sport that fits hand in glove with a nation awash in violence. It proudly presents a brutal three-hour, highly commodified spectacle for popular consumption. The players have their faces and bodies hidden under a mountain of equipment and a helmet. And the league delivers with the tagline, Football is Family, an image of violence without consequence, or at least violence suffered by largely anonymous, overwhelmingly black athletes who survive by sacrificing their bodies and minds week after week. When players are hurt or badly concussed, they go under an injury tent on the sidelines to be observed by medical professionals, out of sight and mind from the viewing public. When a player goes down, the TV coverage cuts to a car gambling or erectile dysfunction commercial until the game resumes. Violence without consequence. That's what makes Hamlin's injury a threat to the sport. America and the world saw the consequences of the game in sharp detail, as ESPN, to its credit, kept everyone's eyes mostly on the field, as Hamlin's life was saved in front of more than 65,000 fans and a national TV audience. We all saw it so starkly, the ambulance rolling out onto the field, the players crying, and a league that appeared willing to get them back on task, 
The NFL denies what ESPN announcer Joe Buck reported was in the works, a business-as-usual resumption of play after a sadistically short five-minute break. As Commissioner Roger Goodell twiddled his thumbs for an intolerable hour-long temporary suspension of play, it was clearly the players and coaches Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor who restored sanity to the situation, demanding that the players' humanity be recognized and insisting that the show not go on. Goodell only commented on what happened days later, calling for the postseason schedule to be reorganized while describing the last week as a set of, quote, extraordinary situations. But while Hamlin's near-death experience was indeed extraordinary, there is nothing new in players giving up their lives, giving up their minds, and giving up their futures in the name of a sport they love that will never love them back. The more fans lose the ignorance about how players suffer for this sport, the more the joy could drain. And that threatens not just today's bottom line, but the future popularity of the league like nothing in its history. What's so perilous for the NFL is that it's not just the league that's under the microscope. It's not just Goodell, who is once again hearing calls for his ouster. It's the very sport of football itself. It's youth football. It's high school football. It's college football. It's the decisions that families make about whether to put their kids in the gladiatorial pipeline. The NFL has survived scandals in the recent past. Concussions, violence against women, and race issues. And it hasn't slowed the league for a nanosecond. Perhaps this is different. Play resumes Saturday and Damar Hamlin will live. But the reckoning with what took place on and off the field last week isn't over. And the sport of football's future has never looked more imperiled. We'll be back right after this with a quick word from Edge of Sports. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dave Zirin with the Edge of Sports podcast. People got to know that we put this podcast on with elbow grease and, and bubble gum on a weekly basis. And we're proud of the work that we do. We love it. But we can't do it without support from you, the listener. So please go to patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod and support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. Any little bit you might give to support the podcast actually makes a huge difference to the work we're trying to do. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. We appreciate you. Make no mistake about it. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. And now for the part of the show where I talk, believe it or not, football with my son, particularly the NFL playoffs. We call this Jake's Takes. Now, you might think there's a profound hypocrisy in my absolute disgust with football and me doing this with my son. Well, let me just explain, if I could. This comes from my kid. And... We love doing this together. And when your kid's 14, you look for opportunities to connect wherever you can find them. So that's what we're doing. And one of the good things about being my pod is I can do this. So hopefully folks can hold both truths in their mind, that football is a sport that needs dramatic reform, if not dramatic reclamation. And... We can talk about it because to not talk about something so hegemonic puts you completely on the outside of the sports world and what everybody else is talking about. So without further ado, let's bring him on in to the part of the show we call Jake's Takes. Jacob James Khalil Zyron, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We just got back from a wedding uh, in Oaxaca, Mexico, and there was somebody there 
who is a big fan of Jake's takes, and that's really cool. So uh, let's get it started. Shout out to Tim, who I think is listening to this show right now. Let's get started with the first game. It's the L.A., don't call them the San Diego Chargers, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who nobody expected to be here. They started the year 4-8. and eight. Who do you like? I think it was worse. It was like 2-6 and six or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two and six. It was really bad. They've gone on a good run lately, but that that doesn't mean that they're gonna win this game. All right, the the Chargers are they are much better on paper, to say the least. I mean, Keenan Allen just had this insane game last week in Week Eighteen. I just the the Chargers they're they're better on paper, and I just think they're gonna. They're going to beat the Jaguars. They're going to beat the Jaguars. Okay, next first-round game, your Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you like? In Cincinnati, who do you like? So the Ravens just now went to Cincinnati with no Lamar Jackson, no Mark Andrews, no J.K. Dobbins, no Marcus Peters, and no Kevin Zeidler. And we lost by 11 points with an Anthony Brown at quarterback, and they – the Cincinnati Bengals had, I think it was 21 points off of turnovers. And we lost by 11. So I think... Not bad. I'm assuming that, okay, according to Adam Schefter, Lamar has a strong chance to play. So I'm going to say that he plays. I don't think there's a chance he doesn't play. So fingers crossed. So assuming that we have all of our guys healthy, I think the Ravens are going to go to Cincinnati and win. I agree. I think they're going to whoop that ass. Uh, the Dolphins going to Buffalo. I think I know where this is going. This is going to be such a blowout. It's not even going to be. I mean, the the Dolphins just went on a five-game losing streak before beating the Jets 9-6 to six with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. I don't even know. Two of, two of, I don't even know if Tua is going to play. I don't think he... Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, if he's not playing, then this is just going to be an absolute like like thirty four thirteen kind of operation. Exactly. But if if two plays, it'll be a little closer. But I still would have the Bills winning. Okay, so second round, we're so, going to see if you can get. By the way, I should say that would be um yeah yeah that would be the Bills. Um, I should say that um, no one in the history of time has ever picked has ever picked every single NFL playoff game to the Super Bowl and then a victor. Let's see if you can do it, man. So now we have this next round. We got the Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like? It would be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the, the um, Ravens. Because the Chargers are a fifth seed and we're six. Oh, my so bad. My bad. The Chiefs get the lower seed. Um, The Ravens versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to they're gonna do a number on this Ravens team. I mean, the Chiefs... They have been just dominant all season. Patrick Mahomes has been playing at an MVP level. Even with no Tyree Kill this year, he's just he's been better than he ever he's been as good as he ever has been. Yeah. And their defense has been solid all year. Um, um yeah. And the running game with that kid Pacheco. Yeah, he's, Ooh, he's good, would yeah. not want to try to tackle him. Uh next round after that you got the Bills versus the Chargers. Who do you like? I think I see where this is going. Okay, so this game right here, this is two high-powered offenses, except one team just has a much better defense, mm-hmm. a much more well-rounded team. They're 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 doing this this year. They are 
they they're gonna do this this year. The All Buff- right, the Buffalo Bills are good. They're 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 special. Yeah, they are special. That they are gonna win. So now we have a very interesting uh, AFC Championship game because it's not just that it's the Chiefs versus the Bills. It's going to be played on a neutral field. So which team travels better, the Bills or the Chiefs, in terms of their fans? It's probably the Bills. Who do you like? Well, this is a game where the Bills won earlier this year from – not mistaken and the bills i feel like they're playing for more here they they're playing for they're playing for demar hamlin mm-hmm. they're playing to get their revenge back mm-hmm. back all the way last year where you know that coin toss the rules are changed now but yeah i was correct the bills beat the chiefs right this year 24 to 20 but I think the Bills are gonna are, are going to the Super Bowl this year. I feel like I pick them every year, and they disappoint me. But I really think that this is the year where they're gonna they're they're gonna do this. Yeah, I mean, forget about that line from Ice Cube yeah. when he said, "Cause I got mad skills and I won't choke like the Buffalo Bills." Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Um, first round of the NFC: Cowboys versus Brady and the Bucks. Tough one to pick. Who do you like? It's in Tampa Bay. This is a tough one because the Bucks have been terrible just all year. Like they've been straight awful, and they have a, had a losing record this year, and they just lost to the Falcons. But at the same time, this is Tom Brady, and this is also a Cowboys team that hasn't been that good in the playoffs. Dak has never been that good in the playoffs. Dak is whack. This has been their best year since 2016. I am pretty sure. So who do you like? Who do you like? Pull the trigger, baby. Pardon the gun metaphor. Very inappropriate. Who do you like? With all with all being said, this Bucks team just hasn't been strong enough to going with the to, boys to pull off this win. Dak hasn't really been impressive at all lately, but I just don't think the Bucks are a good enough team all around to do that. So I'm I'm gonna take the, the yeah. Boys. I like Pollard going wild against a pretty bad run defense for the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, Giants versus Vikings in Minnesota. Who do you like? won't be that close of a game. I don't think the Giants deserve to be here. Nope. I don't think they are not that good of a team. They just they They have a great coach and a great running back and a couple great edge rushers and they they just don't deserve to be here. I mean I yeah. The Vikings are gonna that they're gonna handle business there. Okay. Uh the ten game winning streak, San Francisco 49ers against Geno Smith's Seattle Seahawks. Who do you like? This, these are two teams, you know, both coming out of the NFC West. The 49ers are really hot. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, not that hot. Not so hot. On paper, I mean, the, the 49ers have one of the best rosters in the league. Maybe the best, if you, you, can, if you want to make that argument. This is just a matter of, like, the 49ers are going to win this game. But it, it's going to be closer than you think because – I do like Geno Smith under pressure. I like I like their offense a lot. It's just it's they aren't going to be good enough to handle the 49ers. 
Excelente. Uh, going to the next round, who do we have? We have the Giant, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you like? This is going to be, I think, a good game. I do too. This is Jalen Hurts' first playoff game. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a game where I just don't see – I can't see the Cowboys going to the NFC Championship. Like, I just can't. I just can't see I just that. can't. They're too flawed. They're too flawed. They aren't – they have too many like weak spots. It's just it's, it's they they aren't they aren't that caliber of a team. And the the Eagles they haven't been that good lately. But it's mainly because of the absence of Jalen Hurts, and he's back now, back in full effect. I also would just throw out there that Dak Prescott's nickname should be Pick Six. Okay. Uh, all right. Now we have a great game. Uh, the Forty ers against the Vikings. Who do you like in that round? Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Okay. These are two teams where they have both been really good in the regular season. The Vikings have always been able to to pull out these closed games. I just Brock Purdy, I, I'm not i I'm not gonna put my trust in Brock Purdy. I hear you. Uh, so we got the Vikings. No, no, no. I hear you. Playoffs are different than regular season. Everything moves faster. He's a very, very, very green rookie. Although he did start all four years in college, but, and he's been playing like a season pro, but I agree with you on this one. I just like the team that's been able to, able to do it when it matters most. And that would be the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Uh oh, Vikings, Eagles. Rematch. Rematch. 17. Rematch. The Eagles Eagles just destroyed them. Do you remember that game? It was like 38 to 7 or something. But do you remember that the Eagles had the first touchdown and it was like 7 0? Yeah. 38 unanswered. 38 7. The Eagles are going to get there. Eagles are going to win again? What do you think? Make the call. Justin Jefferson versus A.J. Brown. Who do you like? I like the Eagles in this game. Boom. I appreciate you. So now we've got the Eagles versus the Bills in the Super Bowl. Who do you like? I like the Bills in that game because they're just the they're just the better team. And I don't think that the – I don't think that – the Eagles offense or defense will be able to handle what the Bills will have in store. Well, I love these picks. Uh, I have very, very minor disagreements with everything you said. Bless you. That means, ooh, double sneeze. That, you don't have to apologize, man. God bless you. Um, well, thank you a lot. That, that's our first Jake's Takes in a while. I think the fans are going to be happy. You feeling good? Yeah. Excellent. Great to have you back, Jacob James Khalil. Okay, for every <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our return broadcast, our first one in 2023 here at the Edge of Sports Podcast. Thank you so much to my producer, Dave Tigaboo. Thank you to everybody out there listening. Thank you to everybody who gives us feedback at edgesports at gmail.com. For everybody out there listening, bless you, Jake. 
Please stay frosty. We are out of here. Peace.